Good morning. Welcome to Pastor's Podcast. It's been an encouragement to see what the Lord's been doing. And we're excited here today at Marine Heights Baptist Church. I'm in my office on this beautiful day, uh, Wednesday. I'm excited about church tonight, excited about the uh, series that we have. We're going through as the shepherd's heart and really just trying to find what God has called our church uh, all churches, should I say, what God expects out of our church and, and the, from the heart of the shepherd, the great shepherd, uh, the king of kings. And so we'll be continuing that series tonight, and I'm excited about it. Uh, God's used it in my heart, and uh, many folks have reached out to me and told me it's been God's been using it in their heart, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, it's been encouraging. Uh, if you hear any kids in the background uh, at the school, the kids are outside of my office right now playing, and so I'm thankful to have them. I, I love that there's kids up here on top of the hill every day of the week uh, playing and being a part uh, of uh, learning uh, the Word of God, but learning their academics, and it's encouraging to see what God is doing on that end. It's been a blessing to see, and I'm just encouraged uh, to see what the Lord will do as He continues to bless in our church. Uh, talking about church, we're going to be going into another aspect of uh, the importance of church in our life. And so many times, I believe the place when people go through hard times in their life, the place they end up pushing away is a place they need to be. Uh, sometimes we lose focus on what we need in our life and we allow things around us to really influence us away from the important things that God has let out in front of us. In the book of Hebrews, which I believe is a wonderful book, I believe the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. If you believe it was somebody else, uh, you're probably just as right as I am. Uh, but I believe the Apostle Paul wrote the book of he uh, Hebrews. I believe it's because, I mean, he was a Pharisee. He was somebody who understood the law. He understood it quite well. The writer of Hebrews did a great job, obviously, for the under the Holy Spirit. Inspiration to go back and forth and give us... Uh, the talk about the high priest, the order of Melchizedek, all the wonderful uh, contrasts of the Old Testament versus the New Testament. Just a wonderful book of the Bible, very encouraging to me. Uh, but also is a place that the church is really revealed and the importance of it. Um, but the other side of that is, is you know, I know what people say. Well, uh, Paul always had it with every letter he had he made it an address. But you got to understand that Paul was not talking, writing, a, if I believe Paul wrote it, Paul was not writing to a church in general, he's writing to all mankind. And so um, I believe he wrote the book, but don't be mad at me, and I won't be mad at you for believing it was anybody else. So we love you anyways. But uh, but let's look at the meat of the verse of the verses in the Bible. Grab your Bible, open up to uh, Hebrews chapter number 10. And boy, I'm going to tell you, I know some of you are already checking out on me because I'm turning to a point in the Bible that you know what we're going to talk about. But we're going to talk about the importance of church, the importance of church attendance. Uh, look what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 22. The Bible says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of our faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without, look what that says, wavering. Notice some words here. Let us hold fast. Then it says the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. 
Verse 24, and let us consider one another, provoking unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Yes, it's true. God's people should be at church. God's people should not miss services. Now, I get it. There are times that you're sick, legitimately sick. You can't be here. There are times that things go on in our life that uh, maybe something we can't control. But for the most part, whether it be a job, whether it be we're tired or whatever the case may be, we can control that with a couple different things. Maybe going to bed earlier or we can work on trying to get a different shift because church is that important. You say, well, they they don't have another shifts. I I'm telling you, I've been around, um, I've been around uh, long enough and worked long enough in the business world outside of church work, and I'm going to tell you, if you try and you're a good worker, they will find a way to make you to switch your shift. And it's all God. You pray about it, seek the Lord, God will do it. But God's people should be at church. Now I want to point out a couple of things. First off, I want to point out is how often. The Bible says uh, here in verse 25 that we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. I believe that's going to church. Um, I believe there's no other place that we can assemble because that is exactly a called out assembly is what the church means. And so that is, I believe it's talking about the church, us together. And the Bible, notice what it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, but then it says, as the manner of some is. So that is saying that there are people out there in their manner of life that they are forsaking the church. They are forsaking the assembling the selves together. Now, when you think about that, why is that so important? Because the Bible says, but instead of forsaking it, we should be exhorting one another. That means encouraging you to come, encouraging you while you're there, encouraging you when you're leaving. It should be something that we are doing all the time. And then it says, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, I want to kind of point out a couple things here, and this is not to be offensive or anything like that. But when you're assembling yourselves together, I'm sorry, but that is not on the internet. That's not on the computer. That's not on Facebook. That's not on live stream. Assembling together is physically coming together. That is what the church is supposed to do. Now, you can say, no, technically we are together. No, technically you're maybe watching the service, but how can you encourage somebody who's not, who is not sitting with you? How can you, um, how can you exhort someone? How can you uh, consider another to provoke unto love? You can't, or good works, because the only person you're provoking is yourself. But church is not about you. It's about all of us. You see, and the Bible says very plainly, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And so how often? Well, to be honest with you, and, and I'm, again, I'm not trying to be the person today that's just, you know, chicken little and the sky is falling. But independent Baptist churches like ours, or churches all around this country, not just even people that believe like I believe. People all around this country, they are not adding church services. They are taking church services away. I know of good Baptist churches doctrinally 
in theory. They, the preachers are good preachers. They, they're pastors. They love their people. But they're taking church services away because they can't get their church people back to church on Sunday night. Now, they'll, they'll give a reason of, oh, it's family time. Or they'll give a reason uh, of uh, we want to do some rest. They'll give all these different reasons. But here's my thing. The Bible says, and so much the more. Listen, through the 70s, or let's just even go back, through the, uh, the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, we've always had three services, at least in our country. And in most countries around the world, they're having five services. Some of them are having five throughout a week. But when, when you think about this, we are not adding services because it's getting worse. The Bible says, and even the more, as we see the day approaching, what we're trying to do, what we're doing is backing the services off. Now, here's the thing. There are churches out there that are being faithful. I can think of so many good churches that are just being faithful. They're, you know, God has led their pastor to believe this verse. And and they uh, and they are focused on having Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And I'll be honest with you, I don't have doctrine for Wednesday night. I don't have doctrine uh, that you have to be here on Sunday night. But I'm going to tell you this. I do have doctrine that we need to have more ser- services. And so that fulfills that doctrine. Sunday night, Wednesday night, maybe we need to have one on Monday night too, or Tuesday night, or Thursday night. My point is, is that we need to have more of them, not taking them away. And we are used to the Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, but it's good for us uh, to have them. But when you go to most churches today, I was talking to a very well-known preacher. Matter of fact, we had a, uh, multiple well-known preachers in our church over the past over this um, past summer, and and I asked every one of them, "How are other churches on Sunday nights?" Other, and this is what they told me. Your your church is just like every other church, Sunday night and Wednesday night, that people are not coming. And folks, I'm telling you, we are hurting the church. And God. And when I say we're hurting the church, I'm not talking about financially. I'm not talking about we're hurting the church because we're bitter or anything like that. I'm talking about we're hurting the work that God is trying to do because we are not considering one another to provoke unto love and to good works. We are not holding fast our profession of faith without wavering. We are wavering. And the Bible says, let us draw near, verse 22, with a true heart and full assurance of our faith. Boy, if we truly believe it, and I know this is controversial, but this is important for for the church in this day and age. The Bible says very plainly, so much the more. We need to see more services. But let's do this. Let's not add any right now. Let's do this. Let's just start attending the ones that God has already given us. Why don't we start going to those? And encouraging your pastor to continue to have the Sunday night and Wednesday night services. Tell them that you, you're going to be there. Listen, it's important. We cannot back off. we got to push ahead. And if we're not careful, we can allow ourselves in a place, in a heart, in a desire that we are not growing spiritually. And I'm going to tell you, that is another reason why people leave churches most of the time. Is they'll, they'll, I've heard it um, told uh, you know, to other pastors, and they'll say, well, I just feel like I'm not getting fed anymore. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Anytime the Bible is open, you should be getting fed. I, I tell the story here at our church. When I was in college, um, I had the most boring teacher in the world. I mean, I'm telling you, it, I mean, I'm sitting in the class and I, and I tell the story and I'm not joking. Um, you know, I had a laptop. I was blessed to be able to have a laptop um, when I was in school and I was typing my notes because my handwriting is so bad. Um, long story for that, maybe for another day. But um, 
and so I'm typing my notes and, and the teacher is just, I mean, grueling. And, and so I fall asleep in during the service, during the, his class. And I wake up with 36 pages of notes, not one note, two notes, but 36 pages of notes. And I'm telling you, God is my witness and my Canadian friends sitting beside me can, can contest to this. I look and I had fallen asleep and my finger was on the Z. And I had slept through the entire the entire class. I didn't have 36 pages of notes. I had one line and 36 pages of Z's. Um, and so, um, but here's the thing, though. I went home, or back to my dorm that, that evening. And as I was sitting and chilling and kind of relaxing, um, God really started convicting me. I was doing my devotions, and the Bible says uh, that the Word of God will not return void. And I was basing my growth from the excitement of the teacher, not the excitement of the Word of God. And even though he was teaching on the Bible, I just didn't like his personality per se. And so I just discredited it and didn't listen. The Holy Spirit really convicted me. And that day forward, I made it a point that I would never, ever ever um, fall asleep in church again. I would never push off anybody who opens the Bible if they're Bible teachers. I will listen, and I will make sure because the Word of God will not return void. And God promised that. But we have to understand that God is trying to do something in our life. And we are putting ourselves at a spiritual disadvantage by not being at church. We should want to be there. And by the way, I preach a, a message called being a visitor at your own church. You can be at church and not be in the service, and you are not doing any of the things that the Bible tells us to do while we're at church. You cannot be serving all the time. One of the rules that will be coming out at our church here soon is that you're only allowed to be out of one service a week um, based on um, based on the... Um, based on the ministry you serve in. So if you have a ministry you serve in and, and you're out one week, uh, one one service of the week, you can't do two of those except for one exception a month. And so we don't, we don't want to encourage people not to be able, not to be, uh, you know, in church. Church is important. And don't be a visitor to your own church. Be a part of it. Be at church. Be faithful to it. God wants to do something with you. I know this is a controversial portion of Scripture. But it shouldn't be to us. I heard an old preacher say one time, and I'll tell you the story and I'll be done. He said this. He says, so oftentimes I go to God and I disagree with him. And he says, so oftentimes I'm wrong and realize he's right. We need church. We need church. Get back in. Get back involved. God wants to use you in church. And you need it. You need the encouraging. You need the help that the Lord wants to give you. The Holy Spirit of God knows what you need. Let God do something in your heart. Be back. Be faithful. I'm, at, I'm really excited about church tonight. I encourage you to be here and be a part of it on Wednesday night, the 9th. 
Um, if you can't make it, make sure you uh, you you try to do the best you can to start making these Wednesday night services. Man, they're so encouraging. I love the people. Uh, I love everyone who comes to church, but I'm so thankful for those who are faithful every week. It's so encouraging to me, and uh, I'm thankful for what God is doing. Uh, I'm telling you, one day I've talked I've talked to many shut-ins, and the one thing the shut-ins always tell me is, I wish I could go to church. Listen, one day that will be you. Why don't you take advantage of it now? We praying for you. If you need something, give me a call. And we're so thankful what God is doing. Principalities and powers. And he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. And then we parallel with that. Matthew 28 and 18, Jesus arose from the dead and said, all power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. There's not a greater power on the face of this earth than the Lord Jesus Christ. Vladimir Putin can brag about his new missile, his new rocket, how that I can destroy Europe, how that I can reach the United States. I've got news for him and every other world leader. Jesus is coming because he's already he spoiled principalities and powers, and he did it openly. Bless his high and holy name. But not only notice that he has bruised the head of the serpent, and he has overcome the world, and he has spoiled principalities and powers, but he appeared to John out there on the island of Patmos, and when John turned to see him, his eyes like a flame of fire, his hair is white as wool, and there he was in his resurrected glory, and John fell at his feet as a dead man, and Jesus laid his right hand on his shoulder and said, Fear not. And then he pulled back his royal robe and hanging right there were the keys to death and to hell. Now, are you thinking with me a little bit? I'm telling you, he's my motivation because he's bruised the head of the serpent. He's overcome the world. He has spoiled principalities and powers and he's got the keys to death and to hell. I say bless his high and holy name. He is my motivation. He is my determination to be filled with the spirit of God. Let me go a little bit further. I've been saved by his amazing grace. You say, no, preacher, I turned over a new leaf. No, preacher, I made some resolutions. No, preacher, I decided to change. No, dear friend, you've been saved by his amazing grace. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should ever boast. I'm saved by his amazing grace. Not only that, my motivation, my determination, I am kept by his wonderful love. And there in Romans 8, 35 through 39, Paul searches out and ransacks the entire universe. And he says, I don't know of anyone and I don't know of anything that could ever separate us from the love of Christ. And then he goes so far to say, we are more than conquerors through Christ that has loved us and given himself for us. So I'm saved by his amazing grace. I am kept by his wonderful love and I have the blessed hope of his return. Titus chapter two, beginning at verse 11. And listen to what he says. The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope. 
and the glorious appearing of the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Look what we have, child of God. We've been saved by his amazing grace. We are kept by his wonderful love. And we are looking forward to the blessed hope. I'm glad that death is not the end. Death is only the doorway that leads us into the very presence of God himself. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I'm telling you, we ought to be willing to say, Lord, I'm hungry for you. I I want to know more of you. I want to live like you. I want to be like you. I want to be filled with your spirit. And so we notice that you got to have a desire and you got to present your body. But now third of all, 